In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In 
I referred to it because our gospel this morning has a number of what biblical scholars refer to as the hard sayings of Jesus. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life man than with two hands to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. Whew. That's pretty heavy. Of course, it's a figure of speech, hyperbole or exaggeration. But it would have sent a shiver down the spines of those in the crowd he spoke to, because it was more real in the ancient world than it is for us today. There is a reference in the Quran that refers to cutting off a hand for theft. But in the same verse it refers to a merciful God who forgives those who repent and makes amends. In Judaism, stoning is a punishment quite frequently referred to in the Torah. That's the first five books of the Old Testament for a number of offenses, but especially sexual infidelity. There are a number of hard sayings in today's Gospels. Cutting off the hand is not the only one that is read today. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of heaven with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. Just think for a minute how big a millstone is. They come in pairs. They are very heavy and they grind the grain that is trapped between them. You would sink very quickly with one of those tied around your neck. Cutting off a hand or a foot is an amputation. It maims or cripples you. And plucking out an eye blinds you. If I continue with these horrors, I may never be allowed to preach again <laughs> between these hallowed liberal walls of St. Peter's on Willis. So why am I doing it? Well, the hard sayings can't be avoided. They are throughout the Gospels and especially in the Sermon on the Mount. In my view, it's better to try to understand them than avoid them. That helps us appreciate the writing and particularly the context out of which they come. Firstly, bad things happen to people in the ancient world. Around 90% of people had very little control over their lives. Survival was a struggle. Sickness was rampant. Death through unreasonable taxes was ever-present. And a nasty master could treat you with impunity. If your master was benevolent, you were lucky. Because punishment could be very nasty. People often lived in great fear with little control over their lives. Remember the woman in John's Gospel who was caught in the act of adultery? The scribes and the Pharisees, i.e. the religious leaders, uh, didn't bring a man in, only the woman. And they said the law of Moses, referring to those first five books I spoke about, 
commands us to stone them, and they were serious. Jesus cleverly got around them and shamed them, but she was rightly terrified. Remember Stephen in the book of Acts, the first martyr of the church was stoned to death as a result of his speech to the council in Jerusalem about the significance of the new faith. People were whipped and imprisoned as a result of any deviation from the local beliefs and rules. That is why there were so many martyrs in those days. Secondly, ancient people had a worldview that accepted punishment for bad behaviour. The few people who controlled the lives and the rules of most in society were educated, whereas the vast majority of people weren't. Furthermore, the few controllers owned or influenced practically all the wealth and resources of their society. Everyone was dependent on the goodwill of these elites, or were victims of their judgments. In that world, rewards and punishments continued into the afterlife. Hence, the continuous references to hell. That is where the worms that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. This was almost certainly a common saying in Jesus' time. The dark, gothic-like images don't make any sense to a modern mind. Worms can't eat you forever because there's only so much decomposing flesh. And fire cannot burn you forever because your body only remains fuel for a short period of time. These are literary devices, macabre poetry, if you like. Thirdly, fear was a major motivator in a world where you had little, uh, that you had little control over. Living in that world, you were expected to obey. For 90% of people who had very few rights or entitlements, they would have to be very silly to challenge the authority or the culture at the time. They would be fearful of the consequences. They were well used to punishment in this world that would continue into the next world. So where these three phenomena were prevalent, bad things happened to people who had little control over their lives. They accepted a binary world of rewards and punishment that were both temporal and eternal. And it follows that fear was a predominant motivator in these circumstances. So he naturally spoke out of this framework. His message was about the new community, and his oratory about it reflected his culture. He felt a great urgency to draw people into this community. He wanted to protect young people who responded to his message. So he warned off anyone who might compromise them with an image of them sinking with a millstone around their neck. He saw the ghastly plight of women who had no legal rights in that society and realised the horrific position men left them in if they engaged in sexual activity outside the recognised boundaries. So he warned, it is better to pluck your eye out than lust after them and leave them abandoned, shamed, disowned and in poverty. The hard sayings were designed to move people away from bad behaviour that damaged the innocence of others. In a society that was well used to the images of fear, orators used them 
to motivate better behaviour. The crude exaggeration of punishment is extremely harsh to the modern ear, but was simply part of the culture of ancient Israel. Finally, Jesus' hard sayings were not his most important words. There are different levels of Jesus' sayings. His most important sayings interpreted the totality of his message. In the first three Gospels, they are his summary of the law and the prophets. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and all your strength. And love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And in John's Gospel, after washing the disciples' feet, he says, A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. These set out the principles of his message, and all the other sayings need to be interpreted in their light. So to finish off, the hard sayings have a cultural context and need to be interpreted in relation to the overriding principles he taught. They offend our modern sensibility with their graphic expressions of fear and punishment. In essence, though, those expressions are peripheral to Jesus' main purpose, which was, which was to teach love. In those hard sayings, he was strategically protecting the vulnerable against the mischief of those who might intentionally or unintentionally damage them. The paramount principles are simply about loving God and loving our neighbours. In the sayings we have in today's Gospel, the neighbours he is trying to protect are the young ones who had taken up his message, the poor families that couldn't afford to have thieves steal from them, and the vulnerable women in that society.